The Daily Tap is live for Thursday. We are talking about Packer Lions storylines. We are talking about the interesting, frustrating Bucks. Uh, trying to put into words the last two days of Bucks basketball. Uh, we will talk about what I missed uh, in my absence. We'll chat more on that. And yeah, that'll be today's show. Nice and easy. If you notice the voice is a little weird, uh, I am... Coming back from being sick, if you don't follow us on social media, tapping to Keg on Twitter, tapping to Keg Sports on Instagram, as well as TikTok. I've been down for the last three days now. Uh, I caught the flu, which is not great, and there was no way I could do a podcast. Probably means that I, it, I don't know, just think it's a sign. I don't need to, to expound more on it, but uh, it was a bummer uh, that I couldn't shift things around. I don't know if Mitch will be able to do the podcast tonight or tomorrow, so we'll just wait and see on that. Um, but all in all, I'm happy to be back. Uh, hopefully can carry a 30 to 45-minute show here today. Again, if the voice is a little bit off for you, I don't know. Play, play it at two times speed. Play it at a speed and a half. Maybe me sounding sped, sped up will not sound as nasally. Uh, but yeah, still on the road to recovery. Obviously better. I uh, feel a lot more energy, a lot more excitement just now. Kind of feel like I got a little bit of a lingering cold. So just trying to knock that out uh, before I go on a trip, which screws up a lot of the podcasting part of it. Uh, so I, I do want you to rate and review. I do want you to subscribe to the podcast. I do realize that this is probably going to be the least amount of content you're going to get out of us uh, from a January perspective. Uh, I do think things are going to change here. I, I I usually think I promise that every January. Where I'm like, yeah, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, I mean it this time. I'm a, I'm a little more serious on that. And I just have to figure out what that all, mean, what that all means, right? Uh, Mitch and I are hitting 500. I think we'll do that at the end of March maybe. Uh, or maybe the early April, something like that. Uh, we'll, we'll do kind of a blow up for it. Uh, we'll have Murph on the show. Uh, Murph wanted to come on for 500. Uh, and I, I think Murph was part of the Tammy the Keg family. Uh, and so we got to gotta bring everybody back together for that special podcast. But when that happens, I do think that's the end of at least one era. Um, and what that next era looks like, I, I don't exactly know. Um, I'm still working through that. Uh, would love any sort of feedback, commentary, stuff that you'd like to see, stuff that you think we do too much of, some things that maybe you're like, I wish you talked more about this. Or if you're like, hey, like it'd be really great if you just did two or three long shows a week and that's it. And it's an hour long and you're talking and maybe you have a guest on you know, one, once a week and it's not necessarily Mitch. And so it's Mitch, one, you and Mitch one, one day a week and it's you and somebody else another day a week and you're kind of riding it out. Maybe it's you plus, I guess, whatever maybe, right? So I, I would I'd love any sort of feedback. I'd love any sort of commentary there. I uh, would really appreciate all the support. Um, and I, I do appreciate you guys listening. I'm really sorry that we didn't have any any content for you really the last three days. Uh, with Packers, Vikings, man, there was so much. 
and there it's gonna it's gonna hurt for a while the the missed opportunity there but maybe it was a sign that I got put down put down for uh for good there uh right after the game was over I, I don't know I don't know what that was maybe it's God's like you're too you're on you're on too much of a hot streak we gotta we gotta cool you down a little bit uh, after a successful Bucks weekend uh, or Bucks Friday night uh, Marquette was one on on Saturday then you had the Packers went on Sunday and guy was like, ah, we got to knock you down a few pegs. We got to give you the flu. And there you have it. So let's talk about the Packers and Lions. We'll get ready for this week of football, which is a unique one, right? Because of DeMar, ha- DeMar Hamlin you know, collapsing on the field in Cincinnati on Monday night. Needed CPR, uh, according to sources, that he died twice, uh, which is terribly scary. Uh, Hamlin's father met with the Bills yesterday to tell them that he's progressing. He's doing better. Uh, which a lot of the Bills said they needed. And I think everyone's going to have really heavy hearts heading into Sunday's games and Saturday's games for that matter. I think it's not going to be a normal week of football. And you can't expect these guys to be robots. I think you saw that on the field. I think you saw that through social media. Uh, and there, there probably will be a different kind of vibe. I do think that some of the overreactions have started a little bit, uh, which is unfortunate, right? People are saying that this is common practice in football, that football, you know, it causes these type of injuries. Well, look, there are a lot of sports that have caused these injuries, unfortunately. Uh, it's it's very sad. Uh, cardiac arrest does happen in sports. And I do think we need to keep our, our view wide here and not narrow, uh, which doesn't happen uh, because we live in a hot take society where we do things that get us engagement, that get us clicks instead of really boiling it down to everything uh, and not and not just one thing. So I, that's here nor there. Packers-Lions is going to still have importance, whether it is the fact that the Packers are playing for a playoff spot and the Lions have been eliminated and the Lions are trying to spoil the Packers' party, or the Packers and Lions, it's winner-take-all because the Rams beat the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think that we should just assume Seattle is going to beat the Rams. Seattle's not very good. All right. Like Seattle would be one would probably be as bad, if not worse, than that Pittsburgh team that got in the playoffs last year. Like I, I truly believe that. Like, no disrespect to Seattle, but they're not good. Geno Smith, you get Tyler Lockett back, but I think he got hurt in the in the game last week. They just do not have that good of an offense or good of a defense to really be like, hey, this is a playoff style, a playoff team, a playoff playoff-worthy uh, football squad because I, I just don't see it there. And I, I look at that, and I, I just I truly think the Rams could win that game. I, I don't know what the spread is, uh, but the Rams have nothing to lose. The Rams look at it like, hey, if we win this game, it makes it look a little bit, wor- I guess, a little bit better about what happened in terms of giving up that draft pick to the Detroit Lions. It's still going to be a high draft pick, but it's not going to be as high if the Rams were able to win yet another game. Bobby Wagner, who's now on the Rams, uh, came from Seattle, says motivation enough to keep playing to spoil Seattle's chances. And the Rams have a lot of guys who are kind of fighting for their football lives. So I would not discount that the Rams could win that game and all of a sudden make Lions-Packers this winner-take-all. And that changes sort of the attitude of Detroit. And I think that's like step number one in terms of the storylines. What is the attitude of each team? The Packers know the mission. The Packers have known the mission since 
the game against the Bears. I was really surprised to see some people on social uh, last weekend was like, the playoffs start now? I'm like, fuck that. Like, the playoffs started two weeks ago. Where have you guys been? Like, four and eight was do or die. And yeah, you play the Bears and the Rams, and you can be like, oh, that was an easy, easy game. But at that point, you were four and eight. Nothing was fucking easy. You had to take care of business. You had to do your job and win those games. And once they won those games and things started opening up and things started to shift in the right direction, it it became more probable that Green Bay could get in this dance. And the Dolphins game was a play, another one. That was a playoff game. And the Vikings game, obviously. So Packers need to keep that playoff mindset. I do wonder, at some point, are they going to run out of gas? At some point, are, it, will the emotions just sort of be like, all right, we took it as far as we could. And now it's kind of went off the tracks. I could also argue, though, against myself and say, Green Bay has been one of the hottest teams in football since that Cowboys game. They have one of the best DVOA metrics defensively, offensively, as well as special teams. They're playing really good football. If you had to rank the teams of who's playing the best football heading into the playoffs, you'd put the Green Bay Packers in that conversation. You'd also put the Los Angeles Chargers in that conversation. And you put the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars in that conversation. Uh, I I don't know. I'm trying to think of other people. I I would have put the 49ers in that conversation, uh, but uh, that game against the Raiders and was in a lot of ways was stunning to me because I never would have expected that team to give up that many points. Honestly, I, I would have never expected against Jared Stidham of all people. Right? Uh, would just not have seen that coming. So I look at that all to say that no one wants to play Green Bay. And you could say that's bullshit. You could say, Charlie, this is not a good football team. There's something about momentum. And I, I do think you can carry that through at least for one more week to get to the playoffs, to kind of get to that destination and do it in a way that you haven't really done it since 2016. I won't say, do I was about to say 2010, but it really is 2016 with the run to table year, uh, which... Again, it was in unique because I do think did they they get a home playoff game that I think they won the division that year, which is crazy in its own right. Because I think the Vikings fell apart, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check that on that. Yeah, that's hilarious. Green Bay not only six straight games to get in, but they also won the division. And they beat the Detroit Lions on Sunday night on January 4th, uh, first for the division title in a 31-24 game which I don't believe was that close. And they beat the Vikings the week prior, which is just very ironic. Yes, that's correct. Packers were up 31-17. to They were kind of in control of that game. Uh, Rodgers had Allison, drip drop, shot out. Uh, they were trailing at halftime, actually. 14-10, to Lions were leading. And then uh, Rodgers hit Adams uh, for a 17-14 advantage. 23-14 uh, with 10 minutes to go. And the Lions were able to get a field goal. But then the Packers had a big drive before the Lions got one very late in this game uh, to cause a, to make it look a lot closer. Rodgers threw for 300, four touchdowns in that. In that he also rushed 10 times for 42 yards. That's crazy. Eric, Eric Ripkowski was the leading rusher in that game, nine for 61. That's crazy uh, considering where we where we are today. Uh, and then Drip Drop had uh, four four catches for 91 yards in that one. Never forget Trip Drop. He, uh, I think he had a workout with Packers uh, just the other week. So maybe maybe it's the spirit of Trip Drop. That's why the Packers are successful. But yeah, it's eerie, A, that 
they they did beat the Vikings and the Lions to finish off that table run, and now they can basically do the exact same thing. Basically, they need the Lions to get in. This has been a situation that has happened a couple times now. There was that one. There was another example of this. I, I can't remember the year. Might have been the year prior. Might have been 2015. They were at Lambeau. Rodgers had a bad calf. They needed to beat the Lions, you know, in terms of playoff seeding. They did. Uh, but Rodgers was not healthy uh, at that time and gut, gutted it out. And they found a way to beat Detroit. And yes, there is a older brother, younger brother thing with Detroit. And I think Detroit knows if they beat Green Bay in this situation, whether they make the playoffs or not, they establish a new brand of Lions football. Uh, I have a buddy of mine, Beho, shout out, uh, who lives in Detroit, uh, is an adopted Lions fan. Uh, and he basically has you know, used the term brand new Lions because the joke is same old Lions, right? And so now the joke is, or not the joke, but the sort of the theme is brand new Lions. And what, and what does that mean? And it basically means that the same old Lions are dead. This is a new era of Lions football. And it kind of is like, believe it when I see it, man. I, I have a lot of reservations. I'm not trying to shit on Detroit. I'm not trying to say that Detroit won't keep this close. But Jared, I know Jared Goff. And I know Jared Goff does not like cold weather. It's going to be cold. It's going to be 30 degrees as a high right now uh, projected. It could be much colder as the game goes on. Uh, definitely going to be chilly there. Uh, I unfortunately passed up an opportunity to go, uh, which bums me out. Uh, not going to lie. Uh, I just... I looked at it all. I was obviously coming back from being sick. I have a lot to get done before heading out on vacation, and I passed up on an opportunity. It, it's it, it's bothering me the, the longer I go on during the week, but I, I also know it's it's the right decision. Um, I probably regret it. Uh, I, it's kind of probably similar to uh, when I did I passed up playoff tickets for Bucks Hawks. Bucks did lose that game, by the way. It was like game one. But I, I, you know, it's everyone's, you know, that's like the TikTok or the Instagram, like say yes to every opportunity. It's like, well, there's life gets in the way sometimes and just got to be realistic with yourself. And I just think it would have been way too much of a conundrum and would have pushed things up that didn't need to get pushed up. And so I regret not being there. Um, I hope you guys who are there enjoy it. But yeah, I can't, I can't really fathom Jared Goff coming into Lambeau winning in the cold and getting it done because I just haven't seen it. Like, he is an all-time bad cold-weather quarterback. He just is not good in the cold. And I just don't know how Jared Goff looks at this, how how it, how it that happens, right? And then, then there's the idea of, then there's the part of it where the Lions run defense was a completely porous against the Carolina Panthers, right? The Carolina Panthers ran all day on the, on the Detroit Lions and basically established the run and were able to jump out to an early lead and really never look back. Packers could run a game plan that is really similar to what they did against the Dallas Cowboys, where they just ran Jones and Dylan down their throats. And Aaron Jones looked healthy last week. I think that was an underrated thing that I, I didn't necessarily hear a lot of the Packer media talk about uh, it, this week after the criticism of Jones only getting three touches. It seemed like Jones, you know, whatever happened the last week with his ankle, seemed like it felt good, um, whether it's just the emotion of the playoffs and whatnot, 
or Green Bay freeing him up for more opportunities. Uh, Aaron Jones seemed more ready to play in this one than he did last week. Uh, A.J. Dillon continues to be a monster around the red zone uh, around this time of the year. I think they're going to use Jones and Dillon a lot in this football game. I think you're going to see a ton of Jones and Dillon. And I just think the Packers are cooking um, on both sides of the football. And I think if you can kind of establish the clock, not do anything dumb, and not you know let the Lions think they have a chance in this one. I think that's so important, right? I, I think that the first quarter, second quarter matters more. And it's it's similar to the conversation I think we had about that Vikings game where Vikings had not played in the cold in a long time, right? Uh, it had been, I think it was, or they hadn't played outside since week 10. And Tony Romo pointed out on the broadcast, which was great. And I think that was a really good thing to point out. Lions have certainly played out in the elements. They played against the Jets. They played against Carolina. It's their third game in the last four that have been on the road. They had the one game home against Chicago, which was pretty easy uh, because of fields, uh, because of turnovers and things like that. And they were able to sort of establish, you know, dominance. And the Bears sort of gave up a little bit. Uh, and, and like, look, Bears are tanking. I don't think we should have at some point the wheels were going to kind of fall off the Bears season and it fell off. And now the Bears are starting Nathan Peterman in Week 18, which is a smart, smart move, honestly. Um, there's nothing to play for. Uh, there's a potential you could get the first pick overall. Not that the Bears exactly need it, but I, I personally would not trade that first pick unless unless you really think like it's first to third or something. Because I, I think Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are that good of football players that I would not want to miss out on either of those guys. Uh, so I would make sure that I'm still in the top three. But that's another conversation for another time uh, because there's no way the Bears are taking a quarterback. And uh, that's a weird weird scenario to be in, right? Because everyone kind of knows your bluff. Everyone knows you're not going to take a quarterback unless you put out smoke screens that maybe you'll have a C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields competition, bring it back to Ohio State. I don't think they're hiring Ryan Day. I think Matt Eberflus, uh has built you know some table stakes, if you will on sort of the futures, future of Bears football. Yeah, I, I look at this Lions game and back to that, and it's hard for me to see the Green Bay Packers lose this football game. It, it truly is. I, I just, I think that there's a lot going for them in the right direction, and they should be encouraged by all that's taking place. And I, I think that they're, they're in a really good spot. And I do think if they jump out early, which they were able to do against Minnesota, which was seemed like the first time. Well, they did it against the Rams too, uh, they, a little bit. I wouldn't say they did it a lot. They were up 10-6, but they kind of had that one big quarter. If they're able to have like a big quarter in the first or second half, I don't know. I don't know if we'll see the Lions kind of come back and fight if they don't have a chance at the playoffs. I do think it changes the game entirely if the Lions have a chance. If the Lions have a chance, I, I yeah, that that makes things a little bit interesting. I do agree uh, with the people who've said Dan Campbell's probably the one coach that you don't want to face in a go-for-broke situation because you're going to see flea flickers. You're going to see reverses. You're going to see you know going for it on fourth down. You're going to see maybe outside kicks. Like You will see the bag of tricks, and it's just a matter of are you ready for that. And I think Green Bay is because you know they kind of did that against the Packers when Jordan Love was playing in Week 18 last year. And Dan Campbell, you know, it was just a rebuilding sort of, you know, last game of the season, just kind of something to build on. And the Lions did beat the Packers in that game. Uh, but 
I, I do think that there, there needs to sort of make sure that Green Bay is ready for that side of it as well uh, because that could take you down. So we'll have to see what happens. I am very excited to watch this one. I'm very excited to not only see if the Packers can get in, but also see where they're slotted if they're facing against San Francisco, if they're faced against Minnesota, Philadelphia, Dallas. I think if you had to rank it in terms of the ones you want to play versus the ones you don't, I think last would be Philly. Um, I just think with the struggles in the run game, they still exist. Even though past events have gotten a lot better, the run defense has not. Um, I think Jalen Hurts will be back. They're going to, I would assume, try to play him this week. Um, if they don't, uh, that's interesting because I, I do think even though the Giants might not play all their guys, they still might you know have a chance to beat a division rivals. It's kind of I feel like Brian Dable is cut from a similar cloth as Dan Campbell. So, anyways, I I could look at that and say, well, I don't want to play Philadelphia. Uh, I think no, I think number three would be obviously San Francisco, uh, right? Because of that defense, I do I do think Brock Purdy. At some point, the clock's going to start strike twelve for him, and it's it's going to all fall apart. And then all of a sudden, it's like holy shit, it's Brock Purdy. And the fact that the Packers are turning guys over is makes things a little bit more interesting with San Francisco. It's not to me a done deal. It's like oh, San, like that's the it's such a classic NFL thing because I I think there'll be so many hot take artists, so many of the national media. If it's Packers 49ers, where it's like oh. 49ers are the backers. Like, what's what makes this year any different? And I just wonder if the clock could strike midnight for Brock Purdy against the Green Bay Packers. Number two would be Dallas. I, Packers, you could argue, yes, Dallas could have won that football game. But the Packers have a lot of good mojo in AT&T Stadium. They love playing in that stadium. Rodgers loves playing in that stadium. Uh, they had a good game plan against the Cowboys last time around. I think Packers-Cowboys would be... You know, quite the spectacle. Um, and then number one is obviously Minnesota. Um, and I know it was two weeks removed, but the Packers had a great game plan against the Vikings. I think they could do a lot of similar stuff. I think the Vikings have more of a home field advantage than I think maybe I give it credit for. I forget about it. Uh, but you look at some of those home games too, and they pulled those out of their ass. And man, we're going to talk a little bit about the Vikings discourse at the end of this. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that's the rankings if the Packers do, in fact, get in. So we'll uh, we'll see and certainly certainly talk through much more uh, on tomorrow's show. Moving on to the Milwaukee Bucks. A lot of interesting stuff about the Bucks this week. Uh, you had an awful loss on Sunday when everybody rested against the Washington Wizards. Then you came back with a career high from Giannis and 55 points. Vibes looked like they were going to be high after the Toronto game. Uh, you were up 90 to, actually 90 to 69. I was going to say 97 too, but you're up 90 to 69. With about four minutes left to go in the game. It looks like everything is sort of, you know, heading into the Bucks' favor, right? And then everything falls apart. Uh, they The Bucks blow a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter. They have to go to overtime. Uh, they are able to pull it out with a Grayson Allen three who gets his redemption after inadvertently hitting Gary Trent in the nuts. Uh, it was inadvertent. I know the Grayson Allen haters, of which there are many, will say that it was purposeful. I do not think so. Uh, but the Bucks are able to get it done. And amid that, so it's a 2-1 week, 
Bucks are still sitting at the second seed, uh, but it's very bunched up at this point, and we're going to touch on that here in a second. Bill Bill Simmons, you know, noted that there were some you know chemistry issues with the with the Milwaukee Bucks, and that Milwaukee's a mess right now. Uh, you know, I think that really is more just if I had to interpret that from Bill. I think that's really just frustration from everyone around about, you know, when are the guys going to get healthy, right? So the things that we talked about right before the break where we were like, you know, my fear that Mitch had at the start of the year, which has now become my fear. I've adopted Mitch's fear. I've taken it on like a sick kid in a third world country where I'm like, I am worried that the Bucks will never be healthy. And I think that's where the chemistry and everything is, is emulating from. I think there is... You know, worry that the Bucks are, you know, they're not getting the production they expected out of Grayson Allen and Javon Carter, and they couldn't trade Grayson Allen at his peak. And now Grayson Allen is, you know, seems like a shell of himself. And maybe it is the trade, the consistent trade rumors. Who, who the hell knows? But his confidence seems absolutely shook, and that's a significant problem. Uh, some are saying it's some Jordan Nora Mamu. Uh, having issues, right? That Serge Ibaka is playing over Mamu. Well, Serge Ibaka at least plays a little defense. Mamu's a fucking, you know, gate, right? Bobby's not really playing defense. Bobby cashed out, and all Bobby really cares about is rebounds and scoring baskets. Bobby doesn't care about team defense. Uh, I, I just, I'm not really that high on this Bobby season. You could sell me on an idea of trading Bobby Portis, and I, I would not have a problem with it. I truly would not. And I realize it would be very unpopular with the state of Milwaukee, or the state of Milwaukee, the city of Milwaukee, the state of Wisconsin, uh, all the different ads, the advertisers, the marketers. But I don't know, man. Sometimes when guys get contracts, they just do not sort of live up to those contracts. And, and I don't, I think Bobby Portis has a little bit of Bill Hall right now going on where he's just worried about Bobby Portis. And I, I don't really I don't really think Bobby is playing a lot of team basketball right now. And especially on the defensive side of the side of the ball. He's always been kind of bad there. It's just worse. And so I do think that needs to at least be examined. Uh we'll we'll just have to see, right? And so I I look at this and I I think that the Bucks have a lot to work on, but I, I can't pinpoint any team in the east that i really i really believe in brooklyn finally lost last night uh brooklyn has played a very easy slate of slate of games i think that's getting lost uh brooklyn i think now is 16 and 3 in their last 19 it's not to say that i don't fear brooklyn i think brooklyn's good but they really haven't played a lot of good teams uh and their their schedule gets much tougher here in january and the rubber is really going to meet the road for for that team. And we'll, we'll sort of see what Brooklyn's all about when the dust is settled in this month. Uh, Cleveland's still hanging around. Philadelphia's still hanging around. And I, they haven't really made their push, if you will. Uh, they're just sort of, they're hanging behind Milwaukee and Boston. But I can't really look at Milwaukee right now and say, all right, that looks like a title team to me. Because they don't. They're relying on Giannis every night to do what he did last night in 30 and 20 and 10. He also had 12 turnovers, right? And I, I think part of the turnover stuff is Giannis, you know, trying a little bit too hard to, you know, make the make the right play. I think the lack of Marjan Bochamp minutes have been frustrating. I don't think I'm at the level of some people on Bucks Twitter where they're like, oh, Marjan would solve everything. I, I don't, I think that's short-sighted. I, I really do. I 
I can't I can't really just immediately endorse like, oh yeah, Marjan Bochamp would just fix everything, would just fix all these problems. And that suddenly Marjan is is there. He had 10 points last night. He was four of six, two of three from three. He also had four rebounds, two assists. He had a really good pass to Brook Lopez. Uh, three, three turnovers, but again, three turnovers when you have 25, half of those are from Giannis, uh, is, is not too bad. But you got absolutely nothing from John Carter. Again, Grace Allen ended up with 16 points, uh, but he was he was a zero for most of that game. He kind of came to life similar to uh, what you saw out of out of, out of uh, Scotty Barnes, that, that who I was going to mention. I've kind of liked the A.J. Green minutes uh, that we've seen. A.J. Green plus 21 uh, out there when he's out on the court. I, I just think A.J. does some nice things. I kind of, I, I don't know what's the difference between him and Grayson Allen at this point. And that's that's interesting to me. Uh, it seems like Wes Matthews has sort of wore out his welcome. I do wonder if the Bucs are, are going to make moves, whether it's trades or buyouts. Uh, they, they have to do something to improve this bench uh, because it's it's just not where it needs to be right now. And I'm, I'm just, ultimately, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm pushing the panic button, but this is the least, I guess it's the least confident I've felt about the Bucks all year. And that, that's kind of where I'm at. And I, I just think in January, you should should at least know what your team's is. And I, I just think I don't know. And I think that that breeds a level of, of confidence. And so I'm not, I'm not throwing out championship aspirations. I'm not saying this team is, you know, one and done or they're going to lose in the second round. No, I, I think all I'm saying is I just want to know what this Bucks team looks like fully healthy. And if I never get that answer, this is going to be another lost season. And that's going to drive me crazy. And I think it's going to drive 34 crazy. And I think that will that will lead to chemistry issues. That's, that's part of the, the thing, right? Like 34 is going to look at this. And I'm, I'm using him like I call Aaron Rodgers 12. But like, seriously, Giannis is going to get pissed off. Giannis had, knows he has a lar- he has a window. It's a little larger maybe than some others. But Giannis knows that there's an opportunity. I don't think he's ever leaving Milwaukee. I don't think we ever have to worry about that. But I do think that Giannis is going to wonder, are the guys he's playing with on the same mission that he is? And I do understand that Giannis is balls to the walls mentality can wear down guys. I could totally understand that. But there's a reason why his balls to the walls mentality works. It's won championships. It's got the Bucs to be one of the best teams in the NBA of the last five years. There, you, you either need to buy in or, or you're out, right? Had that loser Eddie Gonzalez talk about, I think that's his name, uh, Banksy on Twitter, talk about Giannis being uh, artificial, you know, fake nice guy, whatever, all fake tough guy, all that bullshit. He's a he's KD dick rider. And, you know, I, I just, I think for those who don't understand are, are those who don't really know basketball. It's not just you don't know ball. It's just you don't get it, right? Like you don't get that you, you're at another level. And that's, that's what they used to do, you know, in the 80s and 90s, um, which people always harken back to. Giannis is an old school player. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that, which is weird. But that, again, here nor there. And I, I just think the Bucks, you know, need a lot of work. And kind of comes at an unfortunate time because you have a big road trip coming up, right? You play Charlotte on Friday. 
I, I was like, wow, maybe Giannis Rest after playing an overtime game and just two very, you know, I think heavy usage Giannis games, but you got to play Giannis. Like, you get Saturday, Sunday off before going to New York. Like, everybody needs to start playing. Like, we need to stop sort of this idea of resting guys. Like, if Drew Holiday is, you know, still sick, like, look, as somebody who's talking to you as a sick guy, like, I could have probably podcasted yesterday. I said no, because I knew my voice wasn't entirely there. I was like, I don't know if I could carry through a, you know, 30 to 40 minute show without coughing and sounding awful. I coughed once in this pod, uh, which you won't hear because I'll edit it out. So I, I feel pretty solid that I waited. If they rush Drew back, like, hey, just be honest with yourself, right? You know, understand that this is not necessarily like have, if, it, if he needs that Charlotte game to rest, that's good. I, I'm just going to not worry about Chris Middleton. And I, I just kind of have to have to do that. But when Chris Middleton comes back, Chris Middleton better be fucking back for the rest of the year. That's that's all I'll say. All right. Like if the guy breaks his hand or something like that, all right, can't control that. But as you know, Bill Simmons said, who's been second mention of Bill a couple of weeks ago, he's looking like Wing Anthony Davis. And yeah, that's a, a worthy criticism, and it puts into a lot of question about what the Bucs should do from an extension perspective. I am sympathetic to the fact that he lost his father. I'm sure that did a lot on his mental health. And maybe he needs to be, if it, if it did more than we're leading on to believe, he needs to be more transparent about it. We champion mental health these days. We do not shun mental health. You just saw Fran McCaffrey's kid, Patrick, on Iowa, taking some time away because of anxiety. Why can't, if Chris is having issues with his father, with his, the loss of his father, we need to have that conversation. And that's okay, right? Like, you know, that's, that's stuff you can't, you know, predict. And so I, and I can be empathetic to that. But we need to hear that from Chris Middleton and not assume. So we'll, we'll just have to see. But I'm not counting on Chris Middleton on this road trip coming up. I'm not counting on, I just, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, so it's kind of where I'm at with Chris Middleton. I hope holidays back on Friday. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to see. All right. Uh, really quick before we wrap up, I was like, Oh, that's podcast. No, real quick before we wrap up, just, I, I just, all I'll say is I regret that I wasn't able to dance with the Vikings grave on, on Monday. Missed a lot of content opportunities on Tabby the Keg, Tabby the Keg's, uh, TikTok and Instagram. Uh, with sort of the Darius Smith not shaking anybody's hand uh, was amazing. Uh, Jair Alexander talking all that shit after the game, also amazing. Uh, the big hat was incredible. Uh, the gritty, uh, just all the shit was unbelievable stuff from the Green Bay Packers. And I, I really, really do think that this team, man, is just at another level right now. And it would have been, and then the Viking conspiracy theories. If I did do a podcast yesterday, I was going to do like the top, the whiniest fan bases that the Packers, you know, come across. Or I was actually it was going to be like Wisconsin sports, but like Minnesota Vikings fans are the most delusional fucking team, fan, team group of fans. I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, Marquette winning twice. They beat Villanova. Then they also beat. Uh, St. John's, and uh, I mean, those are just excellent Big East road victories. Uh, no one cares about Marquette, though. We're all sucking at Cooley's dick, so that's there's that. Uh, but that's good to see. Uh, Marquette continues to be a welcome surprise 
this winter, the Brewers are signing Wade Miley and Bryce Wilson. I don't really know exactly what the Brewers are doing. But, you know, that's the Brewers are going to be the Brewers. And I'm just – I'm along for the ride here. I'm not going to defend it. I'm really not going to, you know, admonish it either. I think the Brewers are hell-bent to not let Jason Alexander happen again. Uh, Jason Alexander, I think they, they ran himself into a situation where they didn't have enough starting pitching. And now they're almost overcompensating, at least at the start of the year. We'll, we'll just have to see. I hope this doesn't also mean they're trading one of these guys. And that's the other, I guess, side of it where are they going to move on from somebody, whether it's Burns, whether it's Woodruff. I doubt Peralta or Ashby because they've signed in the long-term deals. Uh, but you never know. You never, never know. We'll just have to see. Maybe it's the move before the move. We'll, just, we'll have to we'll have to see. But yeah, that's all I got. Um, hope you guys hung out with this voice. Um, hopefully it's better tomorrow. I don't know if we'll do it with Mitch or if I'll just do another one myself. If I do one myself, it'll probably be a little, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll find, a, find a topic to do. And I, I appreciate all the love and support. Like I said at the open, if you guys have any ideas, uh, would love to would love to talk about it, uh, whether it is you know through DM or through email. Um, I, I should really have a Tacticag email. Uh, that's something I gotta work on. So anyways, but it's SoTap12 at Gmail. Uh, if you wanna talk through it, uh, also, yeah, Instagram's DMs are open. Twitter DMs are open. Tabby the Keg Sports on Instagram. Tabby the Keg on Twitter. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one. We'll be back tomorrow. See ya. Bye.